Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Thanks for joining us today. We want to send a special thanks out to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve at steveazar.com. Don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. That's available on Amazon. That was written by B.J. Trollio, the teaching professional at Old Waverly. And don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. And we appreciate everybody's listening. And uh, we've got another good podcast today. And it's the fall NCAA golf season has flown by. It just really has. And there's just a few tournaments left in the season. It's been a blast to get to know some of these coaches better, having a few of the other coaches and players that we've had on before, getting to know and updates from them. And it's always interesting to see on the women's side, uh, especially this time of season, because a lot of players have to decide about Q school because they have the Q series in the fall. And, and some of the players, the amateurs can go out, they can go play. They don't have to turn pro. They can stay amateur and make their decision when they get there. And it's always interesting to see uh, who we, we have in there. Brooke Matthews of Arkansas is one of the examples who made it through the second stage. She'll head to the Q series and then she'll have to make a decision whether she turns pro or not and, and or stays in Arkansas and defers as Cup Cho and, and Fossey did, but if I was Brooke Matthews, I'd probably go ahead and turn pro and, and, and get my card and, and go play because you'd hate to put yourself behind the eight ball uh, and get behind uh, halfway through the season when you come in in June on the LPGA. That's just too much to make up. Another neat story has been Ingrid Lindblad from LSU. She stayed at LSU. She did not go to Q school. She decided when she got there she was going to try to get her degree. This is junior year. and She's had an incredible fall uh, with a win uh, at the Stevens Cup. Tenth place finish at the Annika, third at the Illini, and just finished sixth at the Alley. And when you look at her career, it's just been nothing but great. Five wins, 13 top fives, 17 top tens, and just averaging uh, about 70.66 and another good week this week. And, and LSU, the team, uh, of course, won the Stevens Cup, and uh, this week at the Alley finished sixth. But before they went up to the alley, we caught up with Garrett Runyon trying to get an update on the team and after their big win from the Stevens Cup. So let's uh, get a hold of uh, Garrett and see what he's got to say and give us an update after that big win uh, uh, and, and see how the LSU Tigers look uh, going into the fall, rest of the fall and in the spring. Here we go. It's my pleasure to have Garrett Runyon back on the podcast. Garrett, thanks for being with us. We're in your office here in beautiful Baton Rouge at the LSU, the U Club. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. I feel very honored to be a two-time uh, podcast. You were one of my first, I call them victims, you and Alexis, the first ones doing it. We had fun with it, but we both got a lot better at this. And you just had some practice last week. You won uh, there at the Jack Stevens Cup. Uh, you all have had a pretty good fall. But let's go back to where we kind of left off, talk about last year. Played so well in the medal play of the SEC's got beat, and then you go to the NCAAs. But take us kind of maybe of a recap of last fall or last season, uh, and, uh, and then we'll get into this this season. Yeah, last year was uh, it was great for us. We had a, had a pretty unbelievable year. We uh, broke a lot of records. We broke some NCAA records, some SEC records, and some LSU records. And anytime you break an NCAA record and LSU records and SEC records, you know you had a good, a good year. We um, – we, had, we averaged a 288.4, I believe, wow. was our scoring average. Um, and, you know, when I took over, we were at 301. So I was very, very proud of that. But for the whole year, we finished fifth in the country. We missed match play by one shot. And in SECs, 
the SEC championship, we we shot uh, 46 under par. That's right. Broke the NCAA record for the 54-hole tournament. Uh, broke a bunch of SEC records, and um, and unfortunately didn't get a job done in, in match play. But um, you know, we had a really good year, and uh, it was it was. It, it, it was kind of bittersweet because we did a lot of things, but we didn't get to uh, hold the big trophy at the end. Well, you said you shot 46 under par. And that, we talk about it. I'm on the air talking. I said there's a big difference in metal play and match play. So you come off this big 46. You all won by a zillion. You go back into match play. Do you change strategies, or what do you tell your players when they go into match play? Is there a different mentality going in there? You just kind of keep trying to play the same way you were. Obviously, you would want to do that. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously match play is different. Um, you want them to be the same as far as being free and confident swings and things like that. Um, you know, my message was, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Um, it, you got to get a point. Uh, don't depend on your, your teammates. And if it's going to be, I mean, it sounds like, oh, we only need three points. Well, it, that's, that's a big three. I mean, mm -hmm. something always a lot of unexpected things are going to happen so we, we said if it's meant to be it's up to me and if they have that mindset that i have to get the point to win it and and just fight till the end so you know matt adams asked me what would you tell the teams when they go into us said, you've practiced you put the time in they'll go execute it do your job and and you made a great comment and we'll get into the uh, the win last week but you talked about one shot how one shot can make a difference and you just said <laughs> you, you missed the ncaa's that's, that's what's so important to try to stress to the kids when they're not having their best day to not ever quit. I mean, do you continue to have to tell them that, or are they pretty much figured that out by now? No, they, they figured it out. They're certainly sick of me saying it always comes <laughs> down to one, and it, it's crazy. I mean, we hit 1,174 shots at the national championship, and wow. miss, and it's always so tight around there, mm -hmm. um, and miss match play by one. And and at the end of it, I told them, don't waste a feeling, because um, mm -hmm. they were they were mad. and and. Don't don't forget this feeling. Don't waste this feeling. Use this as motivation for next year through the summer and and, and in the fall. And, and thankfully, we've we've played well the last few weeks. But it's um it always comes down to one. And it's you know whether it's the first hole or the fifty fourth hole, you, you just got to focus and you just don't want to give any any away when you're up there with elite teams in rare air. Well, you talk about I mean, how do you keep that momentum going? And they play all summer long. Something John Fields said to me it was interesting. Uh, we were talking about his team and how good a team he has this season and really packed in. And he says they always get off to a slow start in the fall because they've played a long summer. I would have thought they're coming in with their best game and they're really going, but they play so much golf, they really don't have time to kind of rest uh, at this level anymore like you used to. No, I mean, you come in in January for the spring semester, you play all spring, then you go into summer golf. Summer, we had, a, you know, two players play on the Arnold Palmer Cup mm -hmm. this year and a, a lot of other summer tournaments. And then you come right into the fall and play fall events. And really the only time they get off is kind of that November, December. So, um, yeah, certainly managing their um, – their rest and recovery is, is a big part. A lot of them wearing devices now that, that helps with that. But um, yeah, we do, we do a lot of things to try and keep them ready and fresh for, for match play and, and focus on the one shot. You got back out to recruiting in person this summer. I've talked to uh, probably 10 coaches and they said it was kind of a weird feeling because they've been doing it, Zoom calls and nothing in person. It had to feel good to get back out there and have back that personal contact with the players and that recruiting process. Didn't it, it did. It, it certainly did. I, I don't know if my wife and uh, yeah. kids would agree with that as much, but it, it did feel good to get on a plane, to go to some courses and watch some some balls fly in person and, and some swings and just the, the smells and the feels and, and talking to people again. It was um, just kind of a sense of normalcy and, and back to how it was. It, it, it did feel good. You got a young team. Well, actually, basically somewhat the same team back this season. Uh, Kendall Griffin went on to Louisville. But you've got basically the same team. And 
Do you guys, do y'all set goals coming in, like in the fall? Do you set things you'd like to accomplish, or how do you approach it? Because your first event was the Annika, and that was a pretty strong field uh, up in Minnesota. Yeah, we we do set goals, um, and a lot of them aren't, we try and avoid the result-oriented goals. Um, I mentioned it before, our our goal is to be better in April and May than we are in August and September. And if we focus on the things that, you know, each person has their own things that they know it clicks to make them play well, and if you focus on those and... You know, I gave everybody a domino when I first took the job, and I said that it's the domino effect. If, mm-hmm. if you one domino will do- knock over another domino that's 50% larger, and then that domino will knock over. And so I give them all a domino. They, they've hold it, held it in their bag, in their backpack, in their locker, and it, we just go that every day you want to kind of knock over a domino. And, and if, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, at the end of a career, you'll hopefully have some extraordinary goals and accomplishments that you that we do. So, um, you know, it, it is a, a long year. It is a, it, it is a lot, but, it, you know, if you focus on day in, day out, the little things, the details, it, they do turn into big things. Who came up with that? I mean, how'd you come up with that? That's kind of, that's kind of clever. You're not afraid to share. I know some coaches no, think there's some top secret thing. No, it, it, well, I certainly didn't come up with the uh, domino effect. It's, you can Google that and see. It's like one domino, um, you know, two-inch domino or whatever can knock over. And, and 13 dominoes, it's the size of the Eiffel Tower. And, the, and then it w- comes up to like 31 dominoes. It would be larger than, the, than uh, Mount Everest. And so I was trying to explain how... You know, we practicing those three footers and doing those things and all how those things add up. Uh, and part of it was because when I took over the job, we were 70th in the country. And I said, we can't win a national championship today. We can't win one tomorrow. We can't win one next month. But I didn't care about the rankings. I just cared that we were better at the end of the year. And, and the one way to do that is to focus on their scoring average and things like that. And so if we did all the little things and we were better, then eventually the, the rankings and results would come. And so I just was trying to find something that they could hold on to, they could see, and that would keep reminding them of that than just me talking at the beginning of the year and going in one ear and out the other. So I've done, I did it on the men's side. Um, it was kind of cool when when uh, Smiley and Sam and some of those guys, I know, I, I think it was uh, Zach Wright, um, you know, Smiley, uh, uh, excuse me, Sam Burns, when he went from the uh, Corn Ferry Tour to the PJ Tour, he was switching golf bags, and he, he took a picture of the domino that was in his real really? bag and, cool. and put it into his you know big staff bag. And I've had other guys do that, even Ryan Jones, who he doesn't play golf. No, Not too many people may know him, but he got his pilot's license, and it was like that was a big domino effect in his, in his life. So as, as a coach, that's cool. That it, cool. To, and it's just something you can keep in your backpack, keep in your car, keep in your locker um, to just – try and get extraordinary goals if you just pay attention to the little details and be consistent on that's your what work. i love about this podcast i get to learn something about you or some other good people just that's, that's a great that's a great kathleen uh, has a domino does she she has a domino i wonder so. if she can find it <laughs> she found her car keys yeah. From the, uh, yeah when she sold her car a year ago she found her car keys in her golf bag when she tried to qualify for the mid-am but uh, this is your fourth year what have you learned about your teams you said it's a it's a slow process but it's been pretty quick now in year four you got them up there one of the top teams in the country what have you learned? Because it was a big transition. You didn't know when we kind of a couple of years ago or when we did this podcast what it was going to be like coaching the women versus the men. What's it been like and what have you learned in these last three, three it, and a half years? It's been great. And you're right. I, I knew I knew nothing uh, with the women. Um, it's the same amount of issues. It's just different issues. Um, you know, and with the the women, they really do. They they listen. They it's they they all shoot. You know, the similar scores and things like that. But the way they get there is a little bit different. Um, you know, I definitely was looking for a lot more balls, lost balls on the men's side than you the women's side. The women's side. 
Um, you know, and on the women's side, we do, you know, it's, it's still take care of the par fives and play the par threes around even play the par fours around even and make your money on the par fives. Um, and then it goes back to individual of looking at their stats and where can you find the low hanging fruit to, to catch some shots here and there. So it's been, it's been great. I, um, you know, maybe six or seven years ago, I, w- I would have told you no way I'd ever be coaching the women. And now I absolutely love it. Um, we've just, you know, it's, it's been great. Well, it's been fun to watch just the progress. And there's still a couple of them here on the team that were with Kathleen, my daughter, who you coached her last year. I know uh, she had fun that last year because you got back to the regionals for the first time in a while. And, and uh, It's fun when you're winning and when you're in the hunt. Is, when yeah. you're in the hunt, it's fun. Uh, if you're down at the bottom, it, it obviously isn't fun. And and my my very first tournament, we finished 17th out of 19 mm-hmm. uh, teams there. And I I just came from the men where we finished in the top 10 in the country five of the last six years, match play three in a row, and all this stuff, national championship. And I come to the women, and unfortunately, uh, we were we finished 17th out of 19th. And they had had really good teams, in particular, they this had just slid a little bit. And I looked at the ladies and I said. Well, this is where we are. Um, I'm not used to this, and we're going to go back to work, and let's get better for the next tournament. And they all kind of looked at me, and I think they thought I was going to yell and scream at them yeah. or something. I'm not a big yeller. I'm not a big screamer. I just, okay, you, I, I know you're not trying to three-putt. I know right. you're not trying to hit in the water. Let's learn from it so we'll, we'll, we can do something to, so we don't do that next time. And I just said, this is where we are, and uh, we're not going to be here much longer, and let's let's get to work. No, that's great, because I was going to ask you, what did you tell them? Because it is tough. When they, they're not trying to mess up, yeah. <laughs> and we forget that. Even as parents, like, what were you th- – wait a second. You weren't really trying to do that. You know, you ask them, what are they thinking? Well, obviously, they weren't thinking yeah. what you already saw happen. But you had a kind of a slow start at the Annika. But then you told me you went up to Medina. You saw some things with nine holes to go that the team was making progress you had a pretty good chance didn't get it done what was the big difference from that first tournament made to the second tournament well the annika was um we're going up there we played with two true freshmen so this is their Mm -hmm. first ever college event uh we had never seen that course before in fact we hadn't seen the first three courses and when i do my scheduling i i try to do that touch all four corners of the country get on some different grasses and i try and go to courses that we've never seen before because in regionals you can get shipped anywhere and you've only got 18 hole practice round to figure out that course how to play it so we go up there with a lot of teams that have seen that course seven or eight times and and played it well it's no excuse we didn't adjust very well and we had two two players from sweden a true freshman from sweden playing in the annika with the actual annika standing on the tee um so we just we didn't do very well um we typically make play the par fives well that's one thing and we did not there and so we came back and we looked at the stats and and we got after it with short putting and, and, and par fives. And the next week, uh, we were near the lead, I think, in par five scoring and at, at Medina. And um, and we just played a little more consistent, didn't give away as many, and then um, carried it over into a lotion. So, so that's that's the thing. You, you go on different grasses. I was going to ask you that because we didn't know what was going to happen with COVID, whether you're going to stay more regional or go around. It is hard because I remember Kathleen's final year. You all went to Michigan State, and it was cold, Mm -hmm. and they hadn't played on that kind of grass. And that's an adjustment. You know, it takes us a while on the PGA Tour. I grew up on that grass. I remember when I came down to Bermuda, the first chip shot, I hit a whiff. You know, it's a completely different thing. So I think that's a great idea to to move around. So we're back to kind of that normal. But you and I were talking and kind of kidding each other on Thursday before you went to Elotion that, uh, to get you back on the podcast, she goes, we're going to do something special, and then you can get me back on. Well, you did something special. You went in there and played a beautiful golf course. It uh, looked like the team came in there with a pretty good attitude and a mission. They, they looked like they were ready to play, and they played some great golf in the middle play. And 
back in there to play the match play against South Carolina. What was that whole week? What did you learn about the team in that, that week coming in? Because you don't get to play. It's kind of a preview of the NCAAs when you play the middle play and match play. What did you learn about your team? I told them at the end when we got back that they were tough. Um, mm-hmm. you, you had to be mentally tough. And I think if you ask any one of my ladies, the one thing they'll say I want my teams to be recognized for or known for is just being mentally tough. Um, it was a championship course. It was a championship setup. Ingrid said those greens were harder and faster than Augusta National. Wow. And um, we knew you weren't going to go through there without three-putting. I mean, there were people putting it in the water, putting mm-hmm. it in the bunker. I mean, I'm not joking. Literally no. putting it in the water and putting it in bunkers. And uh, so we, I, I really harped on being mentally tough and just keeping that focus all the entire time and, and just really grinding it out. And so that's the biggest thing is I know we have a lot of ball strikers. I mean, Latana Stone was hitting 16 greens around out there. Wow. And, and so we tend to play better when it's, when it's a hang on type tournament as mm-hmm. opposed to shooting 40 under par or something like that. And so I felt good about that because a lot of people just, you just get beat up when it's just, there weren't any let up holes out there. And so at the end of it, I felt like we, you know, we're a mentally tough team and they, they certainly did it that week. We, I asked you on the air uh, about Ingrid, her stand in school so far and trying to get her degree. What impact has she had? Obviously a big impact individually, but what kind of an impact has she had to the team since you've been here and she's been part of your team? It, well, it goes to show uh, this week where Carla, I mean, Carla, everybody's been saying, man, Carla's playing really good. She's been working a lot harder and all that. And, and secretly, I'm probably not put it on here. She, she's gunning for Ingrid. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. gunning to take Ingrid's spot. And That's good. It's and healthy. It's very healthy. And Ingrid Ingrid knows that. Mm-hmm. And she she knows that. And so she's obviously working harder to not let them catch them. And um, they did the playoff uh, for the individual spot there at the Elotion Club. And, and I was turned to Alexis. I said, this is just like practice. It's just like mm-hmm. qualifying. Uh, we've seen this before so it, it it certainly has had an impact on everybody that you know if she, especially if she gets on you hey you need to work a little bit more on your chipping and putting because if if you're leaving practice a little bit early and she's still out here till dark day in day out it, it you kind of it wears on you and you it's need to help Ingrid I bet oh absolutely absolutely she's one of the third ranked player in the in the world in world amateur rankings on the you know the, the list for everything and I mean that has to help her as well yeah and I mean you've got Latana Stone who's right around 50th in the world and and she should be at Augusta National this year as well I mean they're all pushing each other but they all care for each other and, mm-hmm. and love each other so it's it's an awesome awesome setup we've got going right now I don't know if there's a secret recipe because I think chemistry comes natural how do you and we've asked I've asked you this before but in this team being so competitive now and you've got six, seven deep, how do you keep being friends? How do you keep them being friends and competitors at the same time? That's tough. Uh, I mean, I, uh, David Thomas and I, you've heard the story where he put they, one of his teammates put the line down the middle of the room and you couldn't cross the line. Uh, and it is tough uh, to be competitive and still cheer for them because I, I love the fact that they were so happy when they won as a team. Yeah. Uh, regardless of that. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. They all want to win and Ingrid's been, you know, won five college events now, but she knows it's a lot more fun when the team wins as opposed to you're the only one in the van ride kind of happy um you know we've um we talk about goals and and things like that one thing that i've I've done the last few years is our number one goal is to be a team and it sounds cliche Uh and it sounds you know boring and all that but ingrid can't win without carla Carla can't win without Latana. Latana can't win without ingrid and so you you need your teammates so but you 
So it, it just kind of right. comes full circle. You need each other to win the ultimate prize. And you don't ever get a chance to play team golf again. I mean, you get the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup, and and things like that. But that's for one week. Right. Um, you don't get the whole year and, and those memories and the airport and the rental cars and the hotels and the travel and yeah. all that. Um, so they know, um, you know, number one, it's I, I, I harp on it. I mean, we if you've got an issue, that's okay. You're not going to be best friends with each other. We're, we're going to air it out and we're going to respect each other. And, and it's brought them closer. That's what I asked John Fields because they lost to their rival, yeah. OU, yeah. by a shot. And he was upset. And they had a conversation after the round. We showed it on TV because I was actually doing the live coverage. And I asked him about it. He says, yeah, I caught a lot of flack about it. He says, I was angry, but so were they. But we told each other and we communicated. I thought that was so good because sometimes – and you're, you're, you've learned this already, I know. It's easy to tell them what they want to hear. Right. But you got to tell them the truth. It's just when you're – the biggest thing, and Sissy and I have preached this there, every coach, every one of our kids, fair and consistency. You can be fair and consistent. You can be as tough on them as you want. I think that's the key to success. And he said the same thing. He said, they told me why they were upset, and I told them why I was upset, and they went on and won the Big 12 match play. So I think that's the big key. But I know you're getting anxious to get back to see your family and everything. You haven't seen them in a while. One more week left at the alley. Um, looking forward to playing a little Waverly. How would you grade your fall so far? Um, it getting better, getting okay. better. The Annika obviously wasn't the results we were looking for. And uh, Medina, they played well. We had nine holes left to go. We. We, we got off to a slow start. We were dead last by three shots after the first nine holes. And then with nine holes left to go in the tournament, we had a chance to win. And then obviously winning at a lotion club and felt like two wins with the mm-hmm. stroke play and the match play. So we're definitely trending in the right direction. We go to the alley where it's basically the SEC championship. I think all the uh, 12 of the 11 or 12 of the SEC teams will be there. Wow. And, um, you know, it's a place where we've played well the last two years. We've won and finished runner-up. So we, we know the course, so hopefully we'll uh, – will be more comfortable there, whereas opposed to the three other tournaments, we have not seen the course before. So well, feeling good heading into it. Well, I appreciate you spending some time. It's been fun to catch him back up. You're the second time on. You did so much better the second time. I feel, well, You're a pro now. I know. I You've feel. been on national TV. Now you've done it. But thanks for being with us. Uh, good luck uh, at the alley and the rest of the spring. And uh, we'll catch up to you in the spring, maybe at the end of the season. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. All right, bud. Here we go. Like every Allen left turn in my hometown, every inch of your body, baby, I know my way around. If you're looking for witness, today I feel nobody loves you like I do, baby.